If you had me and you in our relationship, Carly, and someone said to us, we can only connect in three ways. We can only have coffee together, we can only play a specific board game together, and we can only go for car rides. We could use that space and we would be able to have a relationship, but we would be missing out on so many different elements of this relationship if it was limited to only those three spaces. I would still be a virgin. That was a good point. <laughs> right, let's, let's begin. So you want to begin today by talking about the power of presence. Yeah. Do you want to say more about that? <laughs> I'll start with a story. <clears throat> so we lived, we chose to, to go to live in Kingston an internship at a church and this you know church was um was awesome in so many different different ways um in its service in serving the community and its people and our first, I remember our first day ever experiencing that church. I was like, wow, this is the, this is the kingdom of God. And I just felt it. And it was interesting because sometimes when you're feeling things, you can't really describe it in the moment. Um, and then we had story after story of, sharing in people's world Mm. and it was a humble way of doing things because it wasn't sexy uh we were going to we were being invited into people's homes you know we were serving at a kind of a like a what was it like a lunch breakfast program breakfast program and then we were teaching how to cook, which, you know, life skills kind of thing. And it's like, we didn't really have that, you know, title of a cook or a chef or whatever, but we just were in that role. But I think what was great is because we were, you know, serving um, part of an agency that helped unhoused people. So that was kind of great. But I think, like, sharing a meal even though it's just sharing a meal, it spoke kind of volumes because who are we to kind of step into some stranger's life and hear their story? But there was something about sharing a meal that brought that vulnerability out. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's that whole thing I kind of keep coming back to reflecting on that time in Kingston was just being present with one another and not focusing on like tasks of like what we needed to do, what didn't we do, what does this future hold, but just what would it look like to just be present in this time and place and community Mm. and to be open, to be welcomed in, Not, not for anything that we did, 
not for who we were because as you had no like you've talked about is like we were kind of anonymous nobody knew our past nobody knew where we were who we were before it was kind of family you mean when we started like cause <clears throat> when we, we started yeah yes yeah, so there's a little context there is <clears throat> this is after our first year of marriage we moved to kingston yeah which was the first time we were introduced as Kara Lee and Josiah together as yeah. opposed to, oh, I was friends with Kara and I, she's marrying Josiah and Josiah, I'm friends with Josiah and he's marrying. So it was our first time to actually establish ourselves to be known only as a married couple, which was a really unique experience. But continue to where you're going. Yeah. Yeah, so there was just... And then leaving that community, again, you couldn't really put a, you knew you were experiencing family, you knew you were experiencing intimacy, you knew you were experiencing something, but you couldn't necessarily put words to it at the time. And when we had left the community, that's when it kind of hit me of like, oh, like it was presence. Mm -hmm. It was a sense of presence that was so unique from the other experiences we had with church with other experiences we've had you know elsewhere whether it's workplace or whatever and it was such a unique kind of opportunity because it just stemmed from humility and it stemmed from simple things as like walking with people literally walking people walking with people walking in the neighborhoods um, sharing a meal with somebody there was just sim- serving a meal like the simplicity of that and it was just this beautiful experience we had and we came here Niagara Falls and we were just kind of yearning for that <laughs> and we were trying to look for what that um, experience could look like I'm curious for you how you've kind of experienced that own presence here as we've transitioned now in like another community so how i've experienced presence yeah okay or could you relate to what i was saying yeah i think what I hear you saying is that in Kingston, there was this relational presence Mm -hmm. that we were able to kind of integrate ourselves into Mm -hmm. in the sense of being able to be connected to a community of people that really weren't looking to perform, right? Right. Like there was presence and then there's performance and those are very different things. And that was a community that wasn't looking to perform and try to reach the masses or whatever else. It was trying to be present to the people that were in front of them. Yeah. And I think that language and that kind of environment was something that we didn't know we longed for until we were in it. And then when we were in yeah. it, it just felt like home. It point. felt like family. Yeah. And I think that when we stepped away from that and we brought ourselves to, we felt called to come to Niagara Falls, it was a, it was a big step because it was the first time, I think, for both of us, at least in our adult life, where we actually felt that sense presence of family mm-hmm. within a community that was a church. And I don't know how far we want to go down that rabbit hole of our relationship with church, but 
at that time, it was such a beautiful thing to experience that kind of presence in a congregational setting. It was honestly something I didn't think you could experience yeah. in that kind of event-based church. Yeah. And I mean, if you went to that church, you would know it's not an event <laughs> in any shape or form. It's mm. very much uh, homey and, and beautiful mm. and, and special. And um, yeah, so when we came here, we, were, we, we came out of that call to, to see what God was up to. And I think that's something that was so important in that season that I didn't realize uh, then maybe in the moment was like the need for curiosity the need to understand that God is already moving he's already involved in people's lives and so how am I going to remain curious in these spaces of how God is already on the move what am I going to pay attention to how am I going to listen what kind of questions am I going to ask what kind of experiences am I going to be present to within that moment and I think that curiosity really creates an environment for us to be able to be more present in the moment that we're in. So then I think when we came to Niagara Falls, there was that curiosity as opposed to going in and saying, okay, what can we do to fix this place? Or what can we do to, to you know, share the gospel or A, B, C, D, whatever you want to call it? For, for church planting ministries, it was instead like, how do we remain curious in this place? And I think that was huge for us to be able to just say, no, we're not going to start right away. We're going to live here. We're going to be neighborly in, in, in a real way of sense of just, you know, being present to the conversations that are in front of us, being curious about how God is already showing up in our yeah. midst. And then out of that, seeing how the spirit may be leading us to do something further and I think it's really easier to say that from now than when we were in it. I don't know if I was conscious about that curiosity, but it certainly was there. And I just didn't maybe have the words for it the way that we do now um, for that. So I think part of the power of presence is maybe even like how to enter into that presence is really remaining curious and in, in, in being able to focus in a way that... Uh, allows you to mm -hmm. see it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know for you um, being married to you I know that truthfully I think we're nine years in and you are one of the most present people mm -hmm. I've ever met in my life mm -hmm. and sometimes it can be frustrating because I'm more of a vision future oriented like mm -hmm. let's you know let's dream it before we live it and then like li mm -hmm. like you know all that jazz and for you, you're not that way. Like even in the road trip, just to like flashback to that, like the hikes that we went on that I joked last episode saying it wasn't really a hike was because you were so present literally to, and it sounds so romantic, but honestly, it's so frustrating as someone who likes hiking it is like you were so present to every step that you took in every new environment that we were in, whether it was in the Rockies, whether it was in the desert or whether it was you know, back in, back in Colorado in the rivers, mm -hmm. like you would literally just kind of walk, stop, and then observe. And you would see what you could see and you were able to be present to like the weeds and the silliness of all these things that are around us where I'm like looking for like the sunset or looking for the wildlife or looking for whatever is exciting. And like, I'm more of an adrenaline junkie, I guess. And you're more just like so subtle in that. And that's like such a reflection of our marriage and how I see you with people 
like you are so incredibly present to the person that's with you. And I would love to hear more of how, like, where does that come from? What is that? And how do you cultivate that in your life for someone like me who's not as natural in in that space? Well, that's a very, thank you. That's that's a huge compliment. But I don't want to toot my own horn in the sense that I also want to be real and express that I've, I no, I have struggled my entire life to be, um, there's a difference between focus and present. There's a difference between attention and being able to just be. And I think, like, I struggled a lot in school with friendships. I just have this you know scattered brain sometimes and so sometimes I would be so striving to be focused and there was a lot of shame with that um, to be something that everybody else was looking for me to be Um, whether that be grades whether that be performances And one of my deepest kind of healing moments with God was letting that go Mm. and embracing the person that God has made me to be. And it's okay if I'm a little scattered here and there. It's okay. And really sinking into who God's made me to be. And I started doing that university and then I got to see like my grades go even better. All that to say is like I've learned to embrace that scatterness and then it's become that scatterness has actually become something that you're saying of just being present and valuing Mm. what it is to be in just the moment that that we're in and to appreciate where I'm in and that's because I've had to struggle with not only like focusing but also anxiety for years and years and years and anxiety as we know is something that you know is something that's um, not yet or you know it could be fear or whatever but I think for me anxiety has meant um, thinking about things that aren't going to happen or things that I did do or didn't do and so releasing that being healed of that continuously being healed of that and surrendered by that has allowed me to embrace what it is to be you know present um, and to be not so hard on myself and um, that's allowed me to embrace where people are at because God has sat with me in my scatteredness, mm. has been so present with me when I'm all over the place, when I'm so shameful about, you know, not being focused or whatever, what, whatever it is, or my anxiety. And so he really has shown me what it is to be present. I've also sat with people and I've been scattered and have had that presence shown to me by other people. Mm. 
where they've asked me questions, where they've sat with me, where they just say, hey, let's just like maybe sit here for a little bit and not talk. Mm. I've learned that from other people. So as much as you're saying, you know, Carly, you're the most present person I've met. Yeah, I think that that's valuable, but I also have to give credit where it's due. And it's a, it's a, it's, I think a collective community. Um, yeah, I think that's where the, my origin story of, of where all that comes from. Mm. And I'm curious with you, like you're in, you're in a, it's funny that you're complimenting me about it because I would argue when we've been in conversations, you are very present and even in your spiritual direction type of gig, you have to be so present with people. You know, I'm curious how that all kind of fits, you know, in this conversation. Yeah, I think, I think for me, it's something, it's a discipline. Like, it, it, I mean, I guess it's a discipline for everyone, but there's some disciplines that become more natural for other people. And so the ones that are a little bit less natural are things that you have to be more attentive to, more intentional with, and more cultivating in the sense of that space. But I think something I resonated within what you're saying, and I think it relates to how I've come to where I am, is if you're not able to hold presence, that's not the right way of saying it. If you're, like when, when you experience the presence of God, yeah, it's actually, it can be, it can come in so many different forms, but whenever that presence is there, you have to have a, there's a choice. God is completely invitational in every way, in every way. And so even with his presence, it's an invitation. Mm-hmm. It's why you could be in a worship service environment and you could see one person who's experiencing the presence of God in such a real and, 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 and genuine way right. and someone beside them isn't experiencing it at all. And I'm not talking about experience from the sense of someone having tears or raising hands. Like It can involve that, but it's not limited right. to the physical expression. But I'm actually talking about a genuine presence that they're experiencing. Two people can be in the same room and miss. One can have it. One can miss it. And a lot of that has to do with the choices that we're making within that space. Mm -hmm. And because God is always invitational. And Mm -hmm. so within that, when his presence comes in a tangible way, if we don't learn how to rest in that presence, Mm -hmm. then we're not going to be able to hold that space for other people. And what's interesting is, I think sometimes we don't talk about this, but it's important, is that when the presence of God comes, it can actually be extremely uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Because the presence of God, yes, He brings comfort. Yes, He brings love. Yes, He reveals His his loving kindness. But actually, as His light is shined to us, it exposes the darkness within us. Mm -hmm. I think of that story. Oh, I'm so bad at quoting stories. But I think it is Peter. Peter, when he uh, is at the boat and it's one of the first encounters with Jesus and Jesus does a miracle and immediately Peter falls to the ground and he's like, I'm unworthy to be in your presence. Like two minutes ago, he had no problem talking back and forth with Jesus. All of a sudden, Jesus does this miracle and that miracle revealed something about God in that moment. It revealed something about Jesus, not just his humanity, but his divinity. And in that moment, Peter was encountered with the divine. And in that encounter, 
his reaction was, I'm unworthy, get away from me. There was a resistance that he experienced from the presence. Mm -hmm. And yet Jesus being so good and so loving is instead of giving into that resistance, Jesus leaned into that resistance and welcomed him into family. He welcomed him into discipleship. And that was, I think, where Peter began his discipleship journey, depending on how you look at the narrative. And, and I think I say that to say, as we experience the presence of God, there is a resistance that we may experience. But as we lean into that resistance, as we bring that lament towards God, that's what Peter did. He said, I'm unworthy. He's expressing the shame. He's expressing the guilt. He's expressing the things that are going on within him. And he's bringing that to the man. And Jesus, being the great shepherd, the great comforter, heals those parts of him that then allows him to hold space further with, with the divine. And, G and then Peter ends up going on and following Jesus. And he has a whole list of <laughs> moments of back and forth of that resistance and that entering in and all that jazz. But that's really where it began. And so I think for myself, my ability to hold space for people only comes out of my own ability to be able to hold to have that space be held when I'm with God and if and as I've learned how to embrace the resistance and bring the resistance to God bring the shame bring the fear bring the doubts bring the thoughts bring the narratives that are to go back to what you said in the first episode bring the narratives that are not of his and bring those things before him and watch his presence just transform and redeem and reframe and restore these different places in, in me I then get to be able to when I'm in a situation with someone else who's sharing ABC I'm able to hold space for them because I know what it is to have space be held for me and what I've learned in the space of God is that God is slow to speak and he's quick to listen and so for me if I'm in a moment with a person I want to be slow to speak quick to listen not quick to fix, not quick to, but actually just to be with that person. And I think that's where some of those things, as you learn and as you grow and as you cultivate that space, it's almost like a muscle that begins to be developed in you that you're able to now do that for others. But it's a continual stretch and, and tug and pull and all those different things kind of come with it. Mm. <coughs> kind of like wrestling to rest because mm. of what you're saying of like transformation <laughs> I don't know about your transformation but going back to that kind of wrestle of like oh I just like I want to focus I want to be like my other peers I want to be like I want to be somebody different essentially. I want to be something different. And whether that be shame, whether that be like not accepting or what like whatever, there is that wrestle and there's that tension of like I want to be something that I'm currently not performing or presenting to the rest of the world. And ultimately like yeah, I could have maybe tried lots of different things and yet came to God and it was like, yeah, I think it, yeah, it was in uni. And I remember distinctly, I was in a, do you remember that when I was in um, like a time of mourning? Yeah. 
where I was like letting go of a lot, letting go of a lot. And I came out of that, like it was a heavy time for me where I was supposed to kind of like, you know, be enjoying. And I think, I think I was very scattered because I was trying to like start a relationship with you. I was also starting, trying to relation, like I was, um, trying to have all these relationships all at the same time and yet but I was also internally going through my own chaotic identity kind of wrestle of like who am I and who am I not and who do I want to be and there were so many and then on top of that you have like school which I hated school because I couldn't do school so there was just that lots of there's lots of shame there was lots of wrestle there was lots of like unworthiness um but what was interesting is time and time again um god wrestled with me and Mm. he brought me into rest and he brought me into love and grace and um there what what's interesting kind of what you had said is like there wasn't really a direct solution Mm. that was what's interesting and it took years because that was like my first year then it took like year two and three and by year three of uni I was like totally confident I was confident more on who I was confident in who I didn't want to become and confident more in my studies and not because like that transformation kind of changed came out of a place of wrestle, mourning, lamenting, and, and accepting of what wasn't, mm. forgiving myself, because there was a lot of shame in that, of the stuff that I was dealing with with God. And then out of that place of kind of maybe acceptance, you know, whatever, God kind of brought me into that, that rest and more peaceful place of like, okay, so you've gone through some of this process this is going to be a lifelong journey because it doesn't just end here Mm -hmm. but this is who i've called you to be Mm. and yeah i don't know if you remember that journey but what can i say like i think something you're touching on that's interesting to me is like the relationship between being able to be present and knowing who you are like identity can you say more about that because it sounds to me like we're we're talking about the power of presence the power of being able to be aware of what is around us and being able to live into that moment but how there's resistance and there's things that can stop us from being able to enter that there's wrestle and in that wrestle part of that wrestling for you in university was this identity of who am I? Who is Carolee? So can you say more about that relationship between identity and presence and how when you know who you are, you're able to be more present? Mm. <clears throat> yeah, I think it's a newfound confidence. Because if you think about it, it's like I thought I had to have confidence in performance right 
if I looked at the rest of society and culture, well, naturally their confidence was how good they were in the things that they were doing. Mm. And I always felt lukewarm. I always felt like not enough. Mm. And so when God kind of stepped into that, and again, again, He's always there with invitation. But will we be accept, accept that? Will we accept that invitation? Will we give... He will give so much space. But will we give space to Him? Mm. And I think that was that time where, thankfully, I had, even though I was doing a lot, I had that kind of space and time. You know, heck, we went to a Christian university. There was a chapel. There was... The grounds, it was a very peaceful place. So experiencing God was about just sitting in the uncomfortable. And so it became apparent that in order for me to work through this chaotic mess of mine, I had to just sit in it Mm. and be present. And, And he time and time either pushed me to, you know, scripture or I was encouraged by other people or if it was my walks like I went through a lot of walks right through that forest that um that was near the university and so being okay with being by myself being okay with just sitting in the silence being okay and there was a sense of stillness that kind of came over me and not like a like a scary dark no it was like a peaceful encounter and I started to reflect that because naturally what you put on is going to show right I have clothes on and you can see the color of right so it was like I put it on and I think it was always there for me to put on, but naturally I was kind of ready for it mm. because I had gone through all that stuff. And that's my journey, right? That's not that's Everyone, not everybody's yeah. journey, but that was for me. And so just kind of this newfound confidence of like, oh, wow, I want to share this with other people. And it just became apparent that just naturally it was this presence and being okay with stillness and being okay with Mm. not having the answers because I wrestled with so much stuff altogether it's like I could maybe help other people in in that wrestle with their own stuff but just by being present and yeah it became very very evident and I'm still working on that because naturally we do want to solve things. We do want to fix things. Mm-hmm. I hate when people are suffering in front of me, you know. But, and Jesus does too. But there is, and we talked about this last episode, right? There is things that happen in that waiting time. And there's beauty in that. And I think for me just to be present with somebody is more than than 
not, you know? And I think that's what my experience was, is there was more things that God was doing just by merely me just sitting there. Mm. And that's that was powerful. Mm. And I can't compare it to like, maybe like reading scripture or something like that because I think it varies. But there were so many impactful moments in that time where it was just like being there was in of itself like where I needed to be. Mm. You've had your own fair share of wrestle. Yeah. <laughs> you have. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have something to follow up with that? <laughs> no, just. <laughs> I'm talking about my wrestle, but I'm like, yo, you've had your own kind of wrestle, and I'm curious because you have become a very present person with people, you know. Your friends have noted it that you are so compassionate you're good listening and um for me as your spouse you're you're good at listening and reflecting and encouraging but yeah where does all that kind of stem from for you um i think for me to answer this well I need to give context. So I would say that I kind of came from, whether it be because of my personality, the physical trauma and emotional trauma that I've gone through in my life, in childhood, in adulthood, whatever, all these different things. And even I would say the way that I was formed in the church, because I grew up in the church, it very much was this world where it was there is an enemy and we need to defeat that enemy there are lies and we need to confront them with the truth because the truth will set you free and i think that that is truth however i also think that if you have this domination mentality as part of your formation then when you see the enemy the enemy being the devil or the lie or the darkness or the flesh, whatever it is within you, well, then you have to dominate it. You have to defeat it. You have, like, mm-hmm. this is the language, right? It's, it's victory. Yeah. It's vic- the victory is ours. I don't want to start quoting worship songs, but like, yeah. it's very triumphalism. It's very colonialism, to be honest. It's very like, how do we defeat and conquer and complete this land so that it's whole so that it's pure so that it's holy in the name of holiness how do we get there and what's interesting to me and this totally relates to what you're asking I, I hopefully i can connect those dots but when jesus comes into the scene and he's talking to the people specifically to the zealots mm-hmm. when he talks to the zealots which were these this group of radicals that were under the oppression like the jewish people were under oppression by the roman empire and they were seeking and longing for redemption. They were longing for deliverance. No different than when they were in captivity in Egypt and they were slaves 
I mean, yes, there was contextually differences, but in the same way that when Israel was in the in in Egypt in slavery and they were longing for deliverance, when Jesus came into the picture for the Jewish people, they were longing for deliverance because they lived in the promised land, but it wasn't ruled by the Jews. It was ruled by Romans. And so different Jews had different reactions to the circumstances that were in front of them. And that's like a whole New Testament lesson that you yeah, can get. <laughs> like, this is going over your head. It's okay. It's going over my head a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but essentially the zealots were people who were a section or a seg. They were a group of Jews that basically believed we need to overthrow the government. We need to, the Roman Empire is the enemy and we need to destroy them. Just like God did in the Old Testament with certain yeah. people, we need to do it again. And the Messiah, he's going to come and he's going to be the warrior. He's going to be the he's going to be the one who overthrows the government. He's going to be the one to overthrow this corrupt, unjust, evil system, which it was corrupt, evil and unjust. So Jesus comes in and it's interesting when he talks about loving our na our enemies. It's actually in the context of him talking to a group of people who were wanting to destroy their enemy. And so there was like this actual social relational context of him saying, hey, we're actually meant to love our enemies. If, if, if someone tells you to run a mile, run two for them. Like uh, this, we are to be loving our enemies. And, and I say that to say that includes the enemy within. And so for me, for so much of my life, when I had lies and fear and destruction, and fleshy things in me it was like how do i destroy this thing how do i eliminate this thing how do i get rid of this thing oh lord deliver me from this thing heal me and so there was like these two reactions that i had to the enemy within yeah. me it was god deliver me god heal me and i got to destroy this thing the problem is jesus comes into the picture and he says love your enemies mm. hold space for them mm. even at the, at the table presence what's the what's the phrase even in the presence of my enemies the sitting at the table and it's like how do i hold space for this part of me mm. and what i've had to learn in the last specifically i would say the last three four years has been not how do i annihilate how do i destroy how do i defeat this thing in me yeah but how do i actually hold space for this thing in me yeah and how do i love this part of me how do i hold space to it and say I don't have to listen to yeah. what you're wanting me to do. So I don't have to give in to your terms, but I also don't have to destroy you. I see that you're there. Mm -hmm. And I know that it's from pain. I know that it's from hurt. I know yeah. that it's from emptiness. I know that it's from a place of insecurity, a place yeah. of not enough, a place of shame, a place of like all those things. Yeah. And to be able to hold space for that part of me and say, I love you. I can, I can hold space for you. I can see where you're coming from. I get it. But I'm not going to do what you want me to do. Yeah. And yeah. learning how to hold space for those places in me, not to justify the, the, right. the carnality, not to justify yeah. the yeah. flesh, not to justify yeah. the actions, but in a way that says, I am actually going to choose love. Yeah, compassion. For yeah. this and actually from that place, discover healing, discover restoration, discover, because then when it starts showing up again, instead of me going like, like, how do I, how do I destroy this thing? It becomes like, oh, I'm going to have space for this. I see this in me. 
and now I'm going to, I recognize that you're there, but I'm going to let you go. Like your, your services are no longer needed, but in a way of kindness. And I think that, that has allowed me to become so much more present because when I hear someone speak a lie, guess what's not my job anymore? To destroy the lie. Before it was like, hey, Kara, like you're talking about insecurities. Boom. Well, let me tell you why Jesus is secure and why you're not placing your security in Jesus. Boom. You don't like you don't you're you're not trusting God for relationships. Well, boom. Here you go. You got to trust him again. Let that go. Surrender it. Give it up. Ba 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 ba. Here's the truth. But there's been times like in our marriage where like I've been guilty of that, but sometimes it's necessary. Yeah, confrontation's right? necessary. Say, there's times there's time there's a time and a place. There's a time and a place where and maybe you can differ on this, but I I feel like I really like what you're saying because yeah, there's something I feel like that's gonna be a theme of just like just slowing down. Just slow down. You know, but <clears throat> but there is a time and place of like calling things out. Yeah. Like right then and, and the there. truth does set you free. And the truth does set you free. And there is power. There is power in that. Mm-hmm. And we've had moments, like we've had arguments where, like, let's just stop. Just stop. What is going on? Like, what is going on? What? And it's like, um, it's like we put, like, we just like snap our fingers, kind of just, what are we believing right now? Yeah. What like what are we believing? And and where where are these beliefs going to go? Like where mm. is it going to go? Mm-hmm. And what is the truth? What is the lie and what where where is the truth? Yeah. And sometimes like I have found that that's been profound because we used to fight like, all the time and then again it was like no there's power in slowing down and not letting this thing linger. Yeah. Cause that whole like, yeah, yeah. I don't. I just felt like I needed to say that. No, and no. I think it's like, important that you say that. Cause again, I'm not like Jesus confronted the demons. Like he he said, get out. Go to those pigs. Yeah, go to those pigs. Yeah. Yeah. So in no way am I like Jesus is like completely like hippie dude Kumbaya, who's just let's like just let's just accept let's, all let's, of yeah, the. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I was. Yeah. It was no, like no, okay, no, wait, wait. No, but no, then no, there's no. like this. <laughs> Boom, like stop. <laughs> no, but I think that if you look at it from a, I th- how do I respond to that? I think that there is space for compassion mm. and there's space for kindness and patience. Like we so misunderstand what love is in this culture. Right, because love isn't this lovey-dovey. Like everything's okay, everything's good. Don't worry about it. You do you. All of it's right. Everything's like yeah. Because things are sometimes there. It's not okay for sure. There's so certain then, things that are not okay. Yes, that's why. I, that's why I brought up the argument. You know, yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah. so when I say to love the enemy, yeah, it's not saying. That's why I say mm. don't give in to the terms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah. saying hey, like, like, and I'm glad you're clarifying this yeah. because it's not that you're just like hey, like. You know, I gave into anger and I've cussed out my wife. So, like, I'm just going to love that okay. side. That's <laughs> okay. That's <laughs> okay. No, it's like, man, Yo, this, this yeah, sucks. Yeah. <laughs> let's, turn, let's turn it around, you know. But yeah. to be able to have compassion on that version of myself to say, yes. hey, 
this is not appropriate. This is not right. This is not love. This is yeah. not light. Yeah. But to be able to say, I also was hurt. And there's, there's, there's a story behind this. And yes. I think being able to unravel that story in yes. a way that says, I don't have to kill this thing. I have to expose this thing to the yeah. light. Yeah. And that exposure includes it dissipating. Yeah. But there's such a there's such a different way about it. Yeah. Like the way that Jesus ended up overthrowing, if you, if you want to say it, right. the the over the Roman Empire yeah. was he died on the cross, and even that didn't actually fix the problem. If you want to go from the problem fixing thing, because yeah. three days later, even when he rose from the dead, the Jews ended up still being oppressed by the Romans. So Jesus didn't even fix the problem through love from the sense of the surface area of what was happening. So I think in a similar way, it's not that I'm saying, and I appreciate you saying this, like it's not that I'm saying, let's just be like hippy dippies, like let's love every part and everything's okay. But it is saying the posture of my heart is from a place of compassion and of kindness and of forgiveness and of letting go to these places in a way that says it's having the security so so welled up within you that you can look at that place with compassion because you know who you truly are forgiven loved and redeemed and so you can even look at those places and say this is gross and this is messy but his love fills these spaces too and so i'm going to come into that place to say i'm not going to destroy you i'm going to release you from this I'm going to release you from this way of being. Mm. And that does not give me a right to continue in that way. No. But the way to get free isn't to just say, I'm going to destroy this thing. I think is mainly what I'm trying to say. It's actually through love. It's through releasement. It's through through letting go. It's through giving it the space. Because it's demanding something. Your body, when your body is in destruction and division and delusion and whatever else, it's demanding attention. It's demanding an action with that attention you don't need to give into the action but you certainly if you want to grow healthier you need to give it the attention it demands in the sense of saying why am i feeling this way let's walk around this story let's walk around these emotions let's walk around these experiences in my body not in the sense of let's give into it but let's walk around it so that it can be actually loosened and released from its duty and I can actually have from that place a uh, greater self-awareness of what's going on with me that yeah. over time then becomes like when I start finding myself going back into that neural pathway, into yeah. that highway, I'm able to actually get myself into that place where I slow down. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you don't give that space, Initially, if you don't hold that presence, yeah. then all that's going to happen is you're going to continue to walk down that road Mm -hmm. or not walk by that road and just hate yourself because you're constantly wanting to rock down that road and you're like, I'm such a fool. I'm such a mess. I can never. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like before Mm -hmm. let's, let's like, let's give it the attention it's asking, but we don't have to give into the action that it's asking us to do as well. Yeah. Yeah. And as heavy as that is, I feel like, on the reciprocal end, it's very freeing to be, oh, I'm a, you're okay to sit in this? Okay, maybe I can be okay with sitting in this. Mm. And maybe I'm okay, yeah, just to be, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right, Josiah. Like, maybe I'm okay to just, yeah, this sucks. This is weighty. But thanks. Thanks for 
giving space to this. Like, I think we complicate it. Mm. I think we complicate it a lot. Mm. And I think, like, to your point, like, what is the passage, grace and justice are the foundation of his throne? Or is it love and justice? Peace and justice. There's something foundation of his throne. It's probably something around that. But again, I'm not good at quoting either. So, But it's just like, there's just so much grace. There's just so much grace. I don't think we can ever comprehend how much grace there is. And I think that's, there is a part of this where it's like, presence is like the top of the triangle, but then there's also like, you break that down. You break that down, you break that down, you break that down. And there's just so much grace and that you've experienced, that I've experienced. Mm. And it's allowed us to... And I don't know if it's like more confident because I feel like we've misappropriated that word. uh, Or, yeah, that word confidence. Um, Say more about that. Because like I was saying earlier, like... I think we think confidence is like that man that walks in the room like okay we're watching suits Harvey right it's like Harvey comes in and he's like this confidente kind of person and you're like wow I want to be like Harvey and then as you get to know his character like literally his character like character and his character of being yeah there's a lot there that he hasn't been honest that there's lies that there's stuff holding back like um the lack of love the lack of empathy he has the lack of trust the lack of compassion he has um he's a character not really a real person so i can say this brutally honest um and you look and you're like wow really that's what confidence looks like in our culture today is that you know I don't want to represent that Mm. and and um, so confidence I think has altered for me and like no it's like oh no it's okay to be like I messed up I'm sorry that was dirty and messy and I don't even know where that came from wow I don't know where that came from. It came from somewhere. I don't know where that came from. I'm sorry. I'm, you know, and I'm not going to like bottle up in shame about it. I'm not going to bottle up in guilt about it. I'm not going to run away from it, but I am going to sit in it. I'm going to give it space. Like you had said, I'm going to have compassion on that piece of side of me that's like needs attending to. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, was it, the um, last episode you had said about the health, the healthy you are. Oh, the healthier you are, the harder it is to actually go through something because you actually have to give yourself permission to feel the pain of yeah. that thing. Yeah, and so it's like, and I get it. We, I get it. We're like, we have a lot of roles. We have a lot of responsibilities. 
who has the time to be like, okay, now I got to like journal about it. Or now I got to like, sometimes that that's, that's not always um, compatible mm. to people's circumstances. Mm. It's very privileged to be like, oh yeah, just go journal about it. Take an hour or two. Yeah, if you're a busy mom at home with four kids running around and you're doing an online business or you're trying to make dinner or whatever, like it's sometimes really hard to give that time and space. Um, I'm curious. What? I want to ask you a question. Oh my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're not asking me one, girl. So what role does the Holy Spirit play within presence and within this whole process of restoration? The Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit's a helper. The Holy Spirit comes and it's not about our own like human knowledge. And it's not about, it's something to do that comes from the Father. Mm. That to be, um, are we allowed to quote people here? Or yeah, as long as you get Kurt credit. Kurt Thompson. Yeah. So Kurt Thompson, um, look, Look them up. Amazing. Being Known Podcast. Podcast. Being Known Podcast. Check it. Um, I've been so impacted by them. By that, that we are known. We are known by God. And not, it doesn't just stop there. That we are invited to be known by each other by the working of the Holy Spirit and that's when we're in and, and I have to kind of because people are going to let you down you are going to let me down um, I'm going to let you down family and friends are going to let you down Holy Spirit comes and brings presence mm. And knows us like no other. No other. And I think that's the freedom. That's the confidence. Yeah. And I think this then becomes the place where when we enter that space, when we create that space for God to move in our life, He's the director. Yeah. He's the orchestrator. Yeah. He's the shepherd. Yeah. He's the counselor. Yeah. And so when we enter that space, we submit to his rule. We yeah. submit to his way. Yeah. And as we do that, whether it be through journaling, whether it be through reading scripture, whether it be through praying and just having that conversation, yeah. we trust that the Holy Spirit is going to bring those things up that are needing most attending to. So good, yeah. And so we don't yeah. have to tackle every hill yep. because it's not actually about that. The victory is right. already won, to go back to like, to almost contradict myself. The victory is already won because it's not about us, yeah. it's about what he has done. And so we already enter into these spaces and into these places with the awareness of the victory and in that then becomes the place in which Jesus lovingly approaches us and allows us to process and to to work through specific areas in specific times you know someone might be listening to this and they're like i'm a bloody mess 
Like, where do I even begin? Because there's a thousand mountains that I know I need to climb over. And I would say, create the space. Create the space for God to speak to you. Cut out that time. Even if you're super busy, wake up 20 minutes earlier than you have and give God that 20. And in that 20, that 20 can look different depending on the day. But always begin in that place of openness of saying, Lord, this is your 20, not mine. Yeah, we know a mom who, and I have to give credit, we know a mom who, yeah, was raising like a three-year-old and she was going to school and she had the discipline of like getting up at five in the morning. I don't know, you know, and I think it's hard because I remember being like, man, that's amazing, you know, but I'm good, you know, but there was transformation happening in her life. And it was like, I desire Jesus. I desire to have that time and space with God. I'm prioritizing this because this is what most matters. Because my role as a mom or my role as a, you know, being a student or however she would frame that is, is, is going to matter and it is matter. But if I'm not prioritizing that, then all those other places could be compromised and could be you know altered or whatever and I think and it's hard like it's it's hard like I'm stepping into being in a role of being a student again and it's mm-hmm. like I know what it is to have put in that hard work and it's like but once you put that hard work into it it does it's not like you sh- see a lot of the fruit but there is peace around that and kind of like what you said yeah, you're right. Like, put 20 minutes. Prioritize it in your life. And, but, you know, it's very easy to say it, right? But I've had my own experiences, and it's like, wow. Like, you know, he, he, he does. He shows up. And I'm so thankful every time. Every time I'm prioritizing that, you know, journaling in the morning or whatever, before I even talk to you, before I even address the matters of the day, um, then I can give kind of space and attention that you deserve, that you need, right? But before that, I need that time with God to, I think maybe this, the word is like centering, yeah. centering ourselves on Him, um, on truth. Um, yeah, yeah, and can I say like, I think different people have different ways of connecting to God and and even in different yeah, moments of your true. life yeah. it will look different as you yes. develop and as you grow yes. so in some moments of your life it may look like a season of journaling but for for other moments of your life it's like this is this is the moment of my life where me and Jesus just go for a walk I take Meadow our dog and we go for a walk and me and him you're just present to the neighborhood that I'm living in. And we don't even necessarily talk, but we just, there's an awareness that I'm creating. I'm creating those 20 minutes. Protect the 20 is what I want to call it. Protect the 20. You give them 20 and it's just like being able to protect that 20 minutes and to say, this is the space where I'm going to connect with God. And some days that will look like listening to a sermon. Some days that will look like following a devotional. Some days that might look like, you know, yeah. I love the Lectio 365 app. This is not an advertisement or sponsored. 
by that at all but they have a wonderful devotional that's just quick 10 minute 15 and when i open at starbucks and it's five in the morning and i'm like i don't <laughs> like i don't yeah. have capacity at five in the morning to do anything with jesus yeah. i just hit play to that thing and i listen yeah. i create that space because i want to be present yeah. to god yeah. and then that presence allows me to be present to the coworkers and yeah. to the customers that i'm dealing totally. with on a daily yeah. and i think that i just want to make sure that that's clear in this that like in that 20 you know depending on who you are listening to this if you're someone who grew up in the church and was like you know read your bible every day pray whatever like that's great and absolutely we do those things but it doesn't always look like that it doesn't have to look like that it actually is so much more relational like imagine let me just go there like if you had me and you in our relationship carly and someone said to us we can only connect in three ways we can only have coffee together we can only play a specific board game together and we can only go for car rides that and that was the only time we were allowed to interact or be near each other or conversate or whatever we could use that space and we would be able to have a relationship but we would be missing out on so many different elements of this relationship if it was limited to only those three spaces i would still be a virgin <laughs> just <laughs> 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 I'm just saying. Oh my god! I'm just saying. Right. You named all three, and they didn't include. Okay. <laughs> okay. So. Okay. So. That was a good point. That's a great point. So my point is that we would never. It wouldn't. It wouldn't work. Like we'd there would be, be a lack of intimacy. A lack of intimacy. Yeah. And there'd be a whole world of intimacy that we're missing out on. Yes. Missing out on sex. Missing out on even like, it's so much fun to have friends together and to be able to have friends come over and it be a collective thing. Yes. Like to be in our church and to be in our setting where yes. we get to have a living room with our yes. family members, so to speak, right? Yep. And be able, like there's so many different areas of intimacy that we would miss out on. Yeah. And yet somehow with Jesus, we're like, okay, just read your Bible and pray and you'll be good. Go to church, tithe, do your thing and you'll be good. And it's like, okay, it, to go into the analogy, is you and me having a coffee together a level of intimacy? Absolutely. Is it legitimate? Absolutely. Do I think those things are legitimate? Sure. However, there's this whole world of intimacy that we get to have with God. It's our whole life. It's every part. And it's not just one part. It's not just when I am doing a sacred act that that equals intimacy with God. It's every act becomes sacred. Every step becomes sacred. Every breath becomes sacred. Every relationship becomes sacred. Every moment becomes sacred. Because all of these things are interconnected. And all of these things, God is desiring to reveal himself and to cultivate this flourishment of love and of compassion and of holiness and of beauty. Yeah, it was awful. I'm not a historian at all, so I'm pretty sure I I remember this. But in the Renaissance time where, you know, it was the church harping on the artists who were experiencing God by their art and experiencing their time with God and being able to sculpt, you know, moments of scripture or whatever. And there was so much, there was so much hatred towards these artists who could 
individually experience their intimacy with God through their through their you know multi ways of like art and I think yeah I do see that sometimes in our culture where we we box them up can I just because yeah. just so that it's clear I think what you're trying to say is in in a certain period of time in the in the church the arts and the culture had to be Christian explicitly yeah so if it was going to be a painting it had to be something from scripture if it was going to be a sculpture it had to be a character or a saint like it was completely Christianized there was no way of seeing art outside of the realm of the church so if an artist were to paint a picture of a tree it wasn't considered okay well both and i think both and well yeah. no because i'm saying the church yeah. absolutely embraced the arts like completely yes. within like the sanctuary yes. designs yes. The, yes. the the yes. the the um what's it called stained glass windows right. all those things it yeah. all had to be christian though explicitly yeah. christian okay. and Good if it point. wasn't Good christian if, if it wasn't Christian... Right. If it was outside of those lines of... Good point. Yeah. So, so good, I think yeah. what you're saying is to say, no, like, because I was saying all things can be yes. sacred, yes. it's like, go from there. Painting a tree or whatever, um, painting a tree or having a poem or something that didn't maybe incorporate Jesus or God. Um, I, I just... Sometimes we bash these artists who are out there who aren't necessarily saying the word Jesus or saying the word God or quoting scripture then they ain't Christian enough or they ain't really sharing the gospel or they're not evangelizing it's like wait 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 hold the phone you have no idea you have no idea the impact those words have had on our culture people preventing crime preventing um, suicide preventing and then also just their, their way of love. Mm. Love is to be vulnerable. C.S. Lewis. It's that vulnerability in those words, spoken word, whatever, that speaks volumes. And it is of the Holy Spirit. I do. Because the thing is, is like, all good things come from Him. Like, those good things, that beauty comes from him. And whether they're acknowledging it or not, that's, you know, their own discovery. But it's like, again, like, who are we to say that God can't speak through that? Mm -hmm. I've had really powerful moments with God. Actually, I don't even know if you knew this. Maybe, maybe you did. But like, I had powerful moments with God, especially in my time of mourning, you know, in my childhood or you know, my teenagers just listening to like classical music. Mm. I have no idea who those performers are. I have no idea. And yet I was so moved by the, that, those, those pieces. Mm. So moved by Mozart. So moved by, to tears. Mm. And it's like, who are we to say God can't move the, through that beauty? Dude, this is so good because honestly, presence in its own. Yeah. That's it, and it's like, is the is the presence of God limited to only sacred spaces? And mm. to go like really meta, it's like <laughs> sacred spaces is like a social construct. It's it's completely culturally specific. Yeah, and so we can easily say that in the West that this space is sacred and this place isn't. isn't. And it's it's with that with careers. It's with yeah. that like, oh man, let's go there like there is no such thing as like 
oh boy, I might get in trouble for this one. But I don't think there's such thing as a thing called ministry. I don't believe in ministry. I think that's garbage. I think that, mm-hmm. I think that there is discipleship to Jesus and every area of our life, every, every part of our being, every relationship that we have, every moment that we live is, is all on to discipleship to Jesus. And so everything we touch, everything we are a part of is, if you want to use that, that, that heavy word, it's ministry. It's not like being part of a church and being a pastor is ministry and being accountant is not. And I think we've created this like, and other people talk about this too, like I'm not the only one, yeah. that, that talk about how we, we created this idea that there's just like, there's only one place that's sacred. It's the church. And the church just happens to be a building. It just, like we say it's not a building, but it really is a building and it's I'm going to get in a lot of trouble. No, so it's, it's really good. Yeah. So I think that the, the sacredness of yeah. life yeah. is what's actually there. Like life is sacred. And therefore, all aspects of life, we can discover God within it. And yes, is God in the church? Is God, but the church is the people of God. So is God with the people of God? Of course he is. That's the part of the name, people of yeah. God. Like, yes. But does God move in all places of our life? Yeah. Why else would Jesus say the kingdom of God is like a treasure hidden in a field where a man comes and stumbles upon it and discovers it? And in that discovery, he sells everything he has and buys the field. Mm. The, the kingdom of God is in our midst. Mm. And so yeah, how, mm-hmm. how do we then become people who have eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts that are willing to participate in it mm-hmm. in all facets? Mm. So d- just to be super clear so I don't get in too much trouble, like absolutely the presence of God is in these sacred things and, and in these things that we would call more traditionally like Christian but yeah. can God move outside of the realm of what we put him in? Yeah. Like, that's what Jesus did. Like, yeah. that's part of what put him on the cross was the yeah. fact that he moved in places and related with people that the, the church of that day said, this can't be. Yeah. This can't be. It's interesting you're saying that because, um, yeah, we had friends not too long ago. Careful. You know, say, no, I... That, uh, because we were talking about being pastors or whatever, and I don't know, he said something about, like, oh, like, I, he made mention that he, he wasn't as good at, as we are, like, on a Christian level, mm. and I've been like, what? Like, you think because we hold a title, which <laughs> I don't even know, it's like, just because we hold something or we, you know, we represent something differently in, in a role or whatever, that we are more, we are more, we're more, I, and I can't like, and that's like not on him. That's a culture we still participate in. Yeah. We, we think, still have a stage. Yeah. We still have that, that hierarchy. We still, and again, we are called to different things. Absolutely. And Apostle Paul says, like, we will be accounted for for, for that in leadership. I, I agree with that, right? There's, you know, authority. There's, there's leadership. There's certain things. And I, and I get that, right? If I were to say something, you know, that was inappropriate, I, you know, at work, I could get fired. Like, I get it. Like, I get it. But the, I think, I think 
going back to this whole aspect of, you know, being present and working through that tension is like, God's not looking at us be like, "Mm, yes, because he is a whatever, he is better. And that person, not sinner saved by grace. Mm. Like, let's remember that. Going back to this grace thing. Going back to this present thing. And there's humility in that. Like, there's, it's, it, I get it. Because we're taught, we're taught, get that status and you're, you're good to go. Yeah. Like, you're good to go. Yeah. Even marriage. You're married, you're good to go. Yeah. No, I can understand why people don't get married. Yeah. I, I get it. It's hard work. It's hard work. You know, and like, so I think there's a, there's a, there's a lot to be said there. And we've, we've really gone and, and we've bitten and, and chewed on a lot of different things here. But I think when we sit in to who we are, as the people of God or just people in general. Like there's so much grace on our lives. So much. And yeah. Yeah, and I think, yeah, so I don't really know how to go from here, but I think part of what we're saying is that like the presence of God is not limited to the spaces that we want to place him in. It's not limited in the relationships that we yeah. want to place him in. Yeah. So it's like, oh, well, these people are Christians, so his presence is there, and these people aren't, so his presence isn't. Yeah. My God, how many times do we do that? All the time. And thank you. <laughs> that felt really good. <laughs> it was you. a rich, yeah, it was good. Um, <laughs> um, but it's like, that was awesome. Um, but it's like, how often do we just assume that in these spaces, and I mean, man, my God, there's people who are listening to this that are so aware of their unworthiness, like Peter, to the presence of God. Sure. And so they're like, well, God won't be present to me. Protect the 20. And he won't be present to me in that 20. He won't be present because, it, because, of, because of the lifestyle I'm choosing to live. Because of the beliefs that I, I continue to have. Because, that oh, of itself, we just boxed them in. We put them in a box. We put them in a box. Yeah. And my cap. God, do we love our boxes. And we love our tribes. Going back to control. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and yet God, I believe, I, I believe this so true, that he is on the move yeah. in this generation. But he is going to be speaking through people and, and moving through people that do not fit the box that we place them in. And I believe that God mm-hmm. is in such a, a eager place to reveal His loving kindness, yeah. His beauty, His, his grace, yeah. His mercy, His compassion, His holiness, and His justice. Because my God, is He not good with all the injustices that are in front of us in this generation. Yeah. And yet He will reveal Himself to those who are open yeah. to that revelation. And I think whether or not we find ourselves within the four walls of the church, my God, is he moving. And I think if anything, I mean, again, whatever. In our context in Canada, there is such a decline in the church, regardless of denomination. (laughs) And I don't think it's because God is suddenly, I don't think it's because God is suddenly not moving in Canada. 
I just think he's moving in places that the church maybe isn't finding themselves in. And I've seen that in our own life. So you know, we are yeah. in we are in a place where we have our house church and God is moving in that place, yeah. absolutely. And he's moving in different congregations yeah. for sure in this city. I don't want to throw shade on anyone, but I also know that God is on the move. God is moving and 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 revealing himself in such beautiful ways to so many people in so many different ways that it's just like are we aware of these things as the people of god and are we celebrating them what are we celebrating in this world it's like i remember oh, i don't know if i want to say that i'm not going to say that so i just think that we have to be careful what we celebrate within the church and well, as yeah the church. exactly what we're highlighting what we highlight reveals yeah. a lot about what's in our heart and i think if you if you look at your church context whatever that is yeah. if you have one or not and just look at the things that are being celebrated that really matters you know if the celebration always just be the church as in the church that you're going to you might need to ask some questions yeah. about what kind of church you're going to and if if the celebration is always the victories you might need to ask some questions about what kind of church you're going to and mm -hmm. I, I know that's a big thing to say but honestly it's all over the place True. you know we can't kid ourselves like i know we're jabbing too because i think we do that just as much as we celebrate those things like it's 10 times easier to point out the negative like i i'm i'm accustomed to that of just pointing fingers to my brother or my sister of like judgment like oh like where like where are they in their walk or why aren't they doing that or you know and it's like we don't realize but it's like if you're what you're saying is like god's on the move like can we just trust that like Let's just pray for our brothers and sisters. Like, can we just trust that he's good and that he's faithful and that mm -hmm. he can move? And like you had said, like, That's he's good. just. But it's like, like, we live in a very, like, we see something. It's like, mm. like, even in this conversation, we're going to be judged, right? Yeah. Even in this conversation, it's like, did they really say that? Mm, you know, you better check yourself. It's like, there's just so much judgment. I get it. Like, sure. we, we, we do that naturally. What would it look like if we just held space to be like, you know, God, there's something, okay, like I noticed that. I'm not going to move on from that, but like, can we pray into that? Hmm. Like you had said, like, can we just pray into that? Our brothers and sisters who are not well, that are doing the things that they're doing in the name of authority, mm -hmm. doing the things that they're doing in the name of leadership. Mm -hmm. God, we know that you're gracious and loving and, and merciful. Yeah. Can we just pray into that? Mm -hmm. Instead of like, mm, did you hear down the road? Mm. Exactly. Because God looks at that too and is like, that's not what loving is. That's not what my presence is. Mm -hmm. That's not what my son did on the cross to finish. Mm. And so we are called to grow deeper, mm. not greater, yeah. deeper, deeper in love, deeper in presence mm. for one another yeah. because of what he has done, because of what he has shown us time and time again.
my greatest moments with you in marriage is not being like, mm, wife's right again. My greatest moments with you is working through that tension of like, okay, so we're not there yet, but let's just sit in that. Hmm. Let's just wait. We don't have all the answers, but let's just give this to God. Yeah, God's not looking for perfection. My God, if he was, we'd be screwed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think maybe part of what we're talking about here is the barriers to entrance into the presence. And it's like, Mm. man, if you think about the things that we're talking about, you know, we're talking about our own internal dialogue, our own hurts, our own pains, our own places that we're not proud of within us. And how do we love that part of us? How do we hold space for that? Not in a way that says, let's not confront the lie, you know, with truth, but in a way that says, let's have compassion and lead with compassion in these areas for ourselves. Because when we do that, then we'll be able to do that for others as well. But also, how do we hold space for God and being able to realize that God doesn't just fit in the box that we put him in. And so being able to have that curiosity in any space, in all places of how God is in the move and how God is 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 there and present but then there's these barriers there's these barriers within us there's these barriers around us and yet despite all of these barriers nothing can separate us from the love of god that's in christ jesus Mm. he pursues us relentlessly he is so present And the question is, are we going to be aware to his presence that's in our midst, within us and around us? And how do we create space for those places within our jobs, within our marriage, within our careers, within our relationships, within our lives in its entirety? Because God doesn't want to just be in part of our life. He wants to be part of all of our life. And in that, there's such a beauty and a joy and it's not without pain it's not without sorrow it's not without betrayal and brokenness my goodness who's the most present person in this world easy jesus <laughs> and his life was full of you know please like don't just take one highlight reel of jesus's life and and, and think that that was it in its entirety the man went through a lot yep he went through a lot yep and we all go through a lot and I think there's a there's there's so you know there's been times in my life Carly where I am just broken and defeated mm. and you've seen it and I'm feel like I'm swallowed up in darkness and there will be people like you and other people in my life who have held space for me in those places when I feel so defeated and destroyed. And in that space where you guys haven't just said, hey, 
like you're believing the lies like give in to the truth right but you've held that space right to hold for me to be able to express those things yeah but then able to let go of those things and let truth fill that space yeah everything changes yeah. you know and it's not just this individual pursuit yeah. and there's so much mercy and grace because he is so involved in all of our lives the presence of god is like it fills all things including the relationships that we have and sometimes we get the privilege of being able to participate in revealing that presence to each other or for another as we wrap up this conversation is there anything that remains in your heart that you feel like you want to say if not i have a story I think that um, something that maybe embodies this from the sense of a place of I am not an expert in this area but I am working on this and then in the journey of cultivating the presence in my life a um, couple of years ago now two years ago there I came to a place and maybe we'll go into this on a different day but it kind of got climactic to this moment where I was like God I am done I don't know what to do I've tried everything and this was when I was still in that place where I thought that I had to kill every enemy within me and I remember just feeling so alone and broken and defeated and I'm like where do I go from here what do I do yeah and I remember the Holy Spirit say to me son in this next season of your life it won't be through your discipline and it won't be through your for through your belief that you're going to get through this but it's mm. going to be through the friendship that we have and for me what that meant what that translated to was a season where i stepped into therapy which mm. was super helpful and we can talk about that someday but it was also a season where i was able to learn about holding space for these places yeah. in my life that it wasn't just about how do i defeat this thing how do i deliver yeah. get delivered from this thing how do i have victory over this thing but how do i have love and compassion for these parts of my body these parts of my story that mm -hmm. i didn't know how to hold space for and it, it took a family it took it took therapy it took you it took seeing a spiritual director it took so many different in things that were beyond just me conjuring it up and fighting through but it actually took relationship yep and it took time and and in this uh, through that time through these moments and through these waiting of heaviness through this holding of space something began to turn and something began to to grow in me yeah that allowed me to be able to have a greater appreciation for the presence of God that's in my life that's not just within a specific brand or specific flavor that I only experienced in and I've discovered his presence in ways that I had no idea before mm. because it's so much more subtle at times than what I could have heard before because I was only looking for him in a specific way yeah and I thought that if it was not in this way it could not be right and so I would just encourage anyone that's listening to this to just begin begin that journey of, of creating that space 
and 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 submitting yourself to the spirit and to the guidance that's in front of you through scripture through through relationships through the church like through the body of Christ that you're connected to through people that you trust and see how God reveals himself and 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 for those who are already been in that journey I would say like have that posture of curiosity even today as you as you end this time with us of how God is already in the midst of the relationships. Ask the Spirit, yeah. Lord, is there relationships in my life that I have given up on your presence? Is there relationships? Is there friendships? Is it my workplace? Is it my marriage? Is it my my relationships with A, B, C, D, E? Like, whatever it may be. Like, God, is there places in my life where I don't seek your presence? Is there places in my life where I don't believe that you're there? Yeah. And Lord, help me to have eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts that's willing to respond to your presence in these places. Yeah. Would, would curiosity be, be cultivated in me? And would, would imagination, the Holy Spirit, just bring forth new ways and new places for us to be able to participate in what he's already doing in our midst? Um, yeah. Amen and amen. Love you. Love you too, girl.